You're listening to the New Century Multiverse. Uncivil Outlaw. Part 2. Run. Chapter 5. Critical Responses. Mr. White, Agent Lee and I stood upon the precipice, staring down at the District of Columbia Street, where Abigail had just landed after falling from a catastrophic height, only to survive and ride away. White turned to me. Dr. Penrose, would you by any chance be able to shed some light on how and why that woman was able to fall from a catastrophic height, survive and ride away? His eyes searched mine. I was suddenly very aware of the armor, the sword... The intense attention turned on me. Before we left Washington, Abigail received a package addressed to both of us. Who from? We think by the handwriting that it was Professor Krieger and Greta. What was inside? Another orb? Yes. How did you... An astute guess based on context. Was there a letter as well? Just a note. It said they hoped it would be useful. Uh, Helpful. Which one? Helpful or useful? Helpful. It said we... No. I hope this will help you. It's some kind of body shield. She's learning to harness its energies. Well, fantastic. She's invulnerable now. And what can you do? Nothing. I never touched the orb. I suppose that makes things a little simpler. What did he mean by this? Mr. White, I said, steadily and seriously. I had to ensure he would consider my words with due gravity. Get me to Abigail. Let me talk with her for ten minutes. I might perhaps be able to bring her back in, alive and willing. White thought about this for all of five seconds. We will get you close to her. My first priority will be to trap and disable Captain Grey. I can assure you she won't like that. Then she shouldn't have run. After which, when she's secured, I will grant you your ten minutes. If by the time you're done, she is not wholly behind the plan to save the world, then I will have run out of options. No, you won't. You're implying killing her to reacquire the endowment. I'm telling you, there will always be other options. Then you'd best pray you're a good negotiator, Dr. Penrose. Because if I use a light touch and she evades us, the entire globe will suffer the long-term consequences of this dereliction of duty. As I galloped round to Langley, I sighted the burly guard captain at his checkpoint post. He was picking up the phonographic receiver and speaking into it. She's here already. God damn radio system. Stormcloud had called ahead of me to alert headquarters. That was going to make things real tight. I spotted Stone Company on the front steps dressed in their Union blues, all down on one knee with a dozen rifles pointed at my chest. In the middle of them was Catherine Holloway. Her eyes were fixed upon me in a mixed expression I had seen before. I dismounted and put my hands skyward. White called in your actions, Catherine declared. Our request was to hold you here until his arrival. Does he outrank you? I asked, knowing the answer. Within this organization, no. He is the head of a satellite department. Then you can comfortably bring me into your office without reprisal. Would that be correct? That would be correct, Captain Gray. Then I remand myself to your personal custody, I announced, putting my wrists forward to be bound. 
There was a stretch of time as my former guardian pressed her lips together, assessing our decrease in tactical alternatives. She looked over my shoulder as the zeppelin began its descent. Follow me, then. Catherine responded at last, waving away the approaching soldier with the chained cuffs. At ease, ladies and gentlemen. I have this situation under control. Back to your posts. Yes, Director. Inside, the two of us hurried through the corridors. We have just minutes until he's here. What the hell have you gotten yourself into, Abigail? He wants me to close all of the wind doors, permanently, and I don't believe that's the best thing for America. I shot back as we hurtled along. In fact, I'd like to suggest White be removed from his office by President Riley. That's going to be real difficult. Well, can Riley at least give you seniority over him? The last instruction Grant gave his vice president before he died was that White was to remain head of an autonomous unit as long as Riley held office. Yeah, but if America is in danger... America is in danger! You're taking White's side over mine? No, but I'm not endorsing this decision of yours to defy his direct orders, either. Breaking all contact with other worlds is surely against the remit of the cartographers. Negotiation to forge alliances is what we were brought together for. The National Intelligence Agency is split down the middle. There's a lot of pressure from the reunified American people to close ranks, especially with the war on. And we are in a tentative position. This time next year, there may not even be cartographers. And ever since it was confirmed you could close the doors, the onus has been on keeping that information contained. That's why you've been told not to talk about your experiences on Steamheart. Hence no big parade when we got back. Well, that and the fact that our crew was in tatters and our ride was destroyed. It's going to get out eventually. All we're doing is holding the door as long as possible. Because this is going to be the presidential trail promise one way or the other. If enough Americans want the doors closing, men are going to run on that. Oh God, I get it. If they're all closed already, that means certain shitheel politicians won't have that leverage. That's the part I agree with White's decision on. Catherine panted. We had now run to about her physical comfort limit. Where are we going? Just as far away from the front doors as possible, to buy the two of us some time. What about Autumn? I can't let you in there. No, I didn't want to go. I just mean, what are the chances that a continued alliance with them could fix our shit? Tell me honestly, Catherine. I mean, you brokered this thing. She leaned against a wall and closed her eyes. (sighs) Yes. Given what we have accomplished so far with them... If we keep things going, they really could elevate the human race. Pull our asses out of the fire. I'm not saying they will, just that... Potentially. There are routes we could go down with them. But if that door is closed, no dice. No. Then we'd be on our own. And on that part, you disagree with White. Yes, I do. The passage we were in was long and echoing and we heard doors slamming in the distance. A nearby phonograph rang, and Holloway snatched up the receiver. Catherine. Hello, Truth. White is in the building. Understood. He says to hold Captain Gray there for him. (sighs) Understood. She straightened up. What's your conclusion, Abigail? My body trembled. I couldn't believe I was about to say these words. Effective immediately. I tender my resignation from the cartographers. Do you know what you're doing? If the NIA isn't sure, then why should I be? Fair. Do you like your new job? Not this part. 
She had grown pale and her expression was grim. Get to the steam craft. I'll make sure they have to go the long way around. I hurried through the doorway behind her. The melancholy, conflicted face of the woman who raised me from idiot kid to idiot adult just searing into my brain to haunt my dreams from now on. I'm not disappointed. She called after me. I'm just... scared. Then she shoved a key into a panel on the nearest wall, and the steel shutters rattled down with a resounding clang, separating the two of us. I sprinted off toward the hangar. There was one other stop I could make on the way through which might buy me some time. As I reached the western passage approaching the hangar, I veered off down a side corridor and knocked on the heavy pressure door there. It was opened by Jeremy Pines. Abigail! So great to see you! I was just teaching Rao chess and- No time to talk! I gasped, amazed that my sweating, wide-eyed demeanor hadn't tipped him off, that things were not fantastic for me at this minute. Listen, if you had a choice between closing all the portals down today, or leaving them open, which would you go for? Oh my god. Can you do it remotely now? This is so exciting. No, 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 shh. I hissed, holding my finger to his lips as Frau and Miguel appeared in the doorway behind him. Their faces were concerned, and as they caught my eye, they both appeared to grasp immediately the severity of our situation, as, by now, had pines. Mr. White wants me to shut all doors. Forever. The two humans reacted with aghast faces. Miguel translated, drawing a low growl from the tiger. And I don't want the people of this planet to have to say goodbye to this. I gestured to the three of them. White is not far behind me. Can you hold him? Rao looked at Miguel, and they exchanged a nod. We will hold him, then leave with you. Okay, let's go. I'll get us in there, and Edison can drive us out. Wait, I, I can't let these two go. What? Jeremy, of all the people I figure will be with me on this, you are at the top of the list. No. It's safe for them here. Jeremy retorted, turning to block the doorway. We've made so much progress together, and I'm not going to contradict White's plans. Even if that means no more new worlds? There was an agonizing pause. It was just a dream, Abigail. And when we tried to make that a reality, people died. The appearance of the doors has led to more deaths than we can comprehend. So no, I don't think keeping them open will work for us long term. But this works. He gestured to the room he had so lovingly prepared. You're in danger out there, especially if you go up against White. You gotta stay. He shook his head and planted his hands on either side of the door. Crow reached forward and gently but firmly grasped him around the waist, moving the man to one side as she growled. I am sorry friend. His look in response as she overrode his decision was heartbreaking. Rao and Miguel pushed through and followed me up the hall to the T-junction that led to the hangar. The two of them stopped in place and looked back up the way I had originally come. Rao's ears twitched as she made out footfalls I could not yet hear. She waved at me to get the pressure door open. I hurried over and grabbed the handle pulling hard, but it was locked in place from the other side. 
A muffled voice came through as my cranking attempts became more insistent. This room is sealed, Captain Gray. You'll just have to give yourself up. It was Thomas Edison. I gritted my teeth and thought of the crater I had made as I hit the street a short while ago. I recalled how I had explosively disarmed Commander Wilson. Surely, if I focused, I could use this new endowment not just for protection, but for sudden bursts of force. I backed up the short width of the corridor and turned my left shoulder, the one which hadn't just recently become dislocated. That pressure door looked awful solid from where I was standing, braced for impact. I rushed forward, slamming my body against it. I felt a shock of vibration cut through me in an instant. I glanced at where the door had been moderately dented and grinned to myself. Then looked across at Rao and Miguel who were staring at me. Captain Gray. How are you doing that? Picked up a couple of new tricks. I shouted back. This time the hinges rattled and there was a definite bowing to the front of the door. But my body reeled as though I'd been hit by a freight train. I slid a forefinger into my mouth to rub the molars on the left that felt like they were being pulled out. Then we saw them, white, rushing down the far hallway. Lee following him, James behind Lee, and silent company trailing as their boots thumped on the deck. I flung myself forward again, only this time it hurt me more than the door. <coughs> I felt a chill of panic as I caught White's eyes behind the mask. They were getting closer by the second. Suddenly, Jeremy appeared from around the corner and slapped his key into the wall socket. His face seemed to have aged ten years in the moments since I last saw him. Abigail's right, he said, his head bowing. You have to go. There was a clattering, and the shutter beside him began to descend, cutting off this section of passageway from the one White and company were storming through. White saw it happening, sprinted even faster, and dropped into a slide, which Lee emulated. I could now see she was dragging James by the hand, and as the three of them went under the shutter, Penrose ended up in a messy heap on his back, only to be snatched out from under the guillotine by Lee. Silent Company was stuck behind the gate, but the four of us were now trapped in this part of the building with maybe the most dangerous man on earth and his equally dangerous second-in-command. Stop! Growl roared. Holding out a pause, I began to hurl myself repeatedly against the hangar entrance, my heart pounding. You have been listening to episode 5 of Uncivil Outlaw, Critical Responses, written, edited and directed by Alexander Shaw, Captain Abigail Gray, performed by Sharon Shaw, Dr. James Penrose, Miguel and Mr. White, performed by Alex Shaw, Director Catherine Holloway, performed by Maya Santandrea, Rao, performed by Maureen Foley, Agent Jeremy Pines and Thomas Edison, performed by Matt Wardle. Deputy Director Truth Arlington, performed by Theo Lee. With Aaron, Jennifer, Dan, Daniel, Evan, Keddy, Kurt, Ryan, and Zek as Stone Company. Invariants, Death of Kings, Infidos, and The Descent, composed and performed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Uncivil Outlaw Theme, True Greatness, Performed by Bjorn Lynn of Shockwave Sound. Many soundscapes by Tabletop Audio. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Joel Robinson, 
Abel Savard, Michael Hasco, Trey Contreras, Matthew Webb, Connor Kennedy, Angus Lee, Marty Hui, David Sheely, Kevin Vey, Daniel Salguero, Brian Novak, Evan Jankowski, Sarah Montgomery, Dan Hepner, Johan Clayson, Tyler Long, Joe Gasiga, Greg Downing, Tim Rosansky, Christopher Wolfe, Kat Esman, Cassandra Newman, Timothy Green, Matthew A. Siebert, Joseph Gluck, Nick Ord, Duran Barnett, Tom Painter, Finbar Nicole, Jameis Enright, Mark Luksh, Dan Mayer, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Jungius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Lecluse, Kieran Dashler, Frankie Punzi, and Lorraine Chisholm.